Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. A show about food, drink, and entertainment. With a tight focus on the good life. And all things delicious, luxurious, and fun. I'm Jonathan Pogash, bartender, author, TV personality, and founder of The Cocktail Guru. And I'm Jeffrey Pogash, wine and spirits professional, author, insatiable collector of culinary ephemera, and so people tell me, an engaging raconteur. And my dad. Hello, dad. How are you today? Jonathan, good morning. I'm marveling or evening, whatever. Yeah, I don't know be. what I don't know what time, what day or time it is. Uh, I'm I am marveling at your brand spanking new background. Yes, thank you. I, I'm in a barn <laughs> yeah. on my new farm. <laughs> on Yo, your farm. What kind of animals right. do you, what Doesn't kind of animals it? do you raise on your farm? Cattle. Okay, that was wow. we have horses uh, too, and a couple of pigs okay. running around. Yeah. But no, thank you. I'm glad you like the background. I'm very proud of it because it happens to fit in very well with our theme today. And I, without giving that away right now, I will just say that the, it, what is hanging in back of me is a Leroy Neiman painting mm. that was given to me by Leroy Neiman wow. himself in 19, 1998 when I was fortunate enough to receive a private tour of his studio, which is it was in his apartment in New York City. Do you think most people in the Cafe des? Do you think most people know who in the Cafe Leroy des Artistes building? Do you think most people know. Most yeah. people probably do not know who Leroy Neiman no. is, but he was best known for his sports paintings, his sports tennis stars, football, baseball, mm. uh, players in action. That that's what he was known for, but that's not what he wanted to be known for. Well, it's very it's very colorful indeed, and in fact, uh, this is going to be a very colorful episode. Would you say? Well, wait what? a second. No, this is going to be our oh, most okay. colorful episode okay. of all episodes. Okay. Yes, for reasons reasons that shall become clear in just a minute. But I also want to point out the fact that I have two drinks here. Two. In front of me, John. Yes, I, I, I'm a double-fisted drinker oh, today. First time, first time in our podcast history. This is in honor of our guests because one of our guests particularly likes this drink, which is called a daiquiri. Oh yeah. And I'm going to take a sip of my classic, daiquiri uh, here. It's it's a mod. Mm -hmm. It's a modified. It's not a classic version. It's a modified version, as was suggested in the book that mm. we're going to talk about. Um, it. I'm using a um, overproof dark. Aha! Uh -huh. Oh, good. Not a yeah. Light well, it's not. It, it's so not. You know what? A lot of people might think of as a daiquiri as being um, frozen and and overly fruity and sweet. Uh, it is the classic Cuban way of making a daiquiri. So rum, sugar, lime. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. And that was delicious. Oh, What's the What's and the, the next drink? Is for well, I'm trying I don't to have, be I don't have hospitable drinks, so here. Drinking one for me, I guess. Well, that's okay, but I'm so I'm glad I have yeah. two. If you don't have any, because I wanted to make both of our guests feel comfortable today. So this drink is called Doctor's Order. Mm -hmm. Doctor's Order is a the, the first daiquiri, of course, was a classic cocktail. This is an original cocktail by Sammy, I believe, and it is full of all kinds of delicious things and the base spirit is scotch whiskey and for this i'm using a highland park <laughs> a 
Highland Park, 1977, what? bicentennial bottling. Oh my gosh. Yes, 1977. You do, you do not bring out the vintage whiskey just for anybody. And uh, <clears throat> no, I'd I like don't. to I'd like to do an intro for our guests so that we can get them on and 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 pick their brains. So our two guests, well, I think our two should. guests today are authors, artists, illustrators, designers, and at least one of them is a bartender. Uh, the book uh, mm-hmm. that we'll be talking about in question, this book in question, is called Cocktails in Color: A Spirited Guide to the Art and Joy of Drink Making. And these two authors are, we'll be right back and we'll let you know. There's nothing better than the smell of coffee in the morning. What if you could enjoy a coffee subscription of fresh roasted specialty coffee while making a difference in the lives of farmers that grow it? What if you also had access to a virtual coffee community of other coffee lovers and the coffee farmer and roaster? That's all part of the Farm to Cup Coffee Club subscription at Unleashed Coffee. Subscribe today. UnleashedCoffee.com And we are back. Our two amazing authors are Sammy Katz and Olivia McGiff. Sammy Katz is the creator of a website called A Girl's Guide to Drinking Alone. And Olivia McGiff is a designer and illustrator for Harper, which is a division of HarperCollins Publishing. Welcome, Sammy and Olivia. Welcome. You're welcome. And I see you're both very colorful personages as well. We have a fan brand. It's very appropriate that you wrote a book called Cocktails in Color. Can can you tell us? Oh, well, we do have another question, though, don't we, we Jonathan? Very important question. Several questions. Yes, we do. If you, well, the first is if you were both stranded on a desert island, and you could, you had only one drink mm-hmm. to pick. It could be a cocktail. It could be one. Could be anything. It could be non-alcoholic. What drink would you choose? Um, I love this question, uh, and we actually address this question in our book of what is our both of our like go tos. Mm-hmm. I've I'm an old fashioned gal. I love a good bourbon old fashioned made just with bourbon bitters, some brown sugar syrup, two twists. That's it. Would I want to drink that on a desert island? Probably not. But if I only had to drink one thing, it would be that. I mean, I feel very welcomed by the fact that you're wearing drinking a daiquiri right now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. So I'll, I'll have that, to take another sip. Cheers. Yeah, please do. I only have coffee on my desk right now. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I think a, a daiquiri forever and ever mm-hmm. would be my my desert island cocktail. And I feel like I probably would enjoy drinking that on an island for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I was going to make an old fashioned so that I had an old fashioned and a daiquiri because I knew you both liked those drinks, but I decided to go with an original from Sammy. Thank you. So Doctor's Order is an absolute delicious <laughs> okay, I'm glad drink. You like it. And they're both delicious. Yeah, I love it. It's, and it's fantastic. Sam, um, and, Sammy uh, and Olivia, you guys have kind of an interesting uh, origin story or the, the way that you met, which um, spoke to me, and you talk about it in the intro in your book. Um, you both were theater students, uh, and you met in college. And I was a theater student uh, as well when I went to college. Uh, so there's that. There's the connection no there. Absolutely, that's amazing. Yeah, guilty. We as love charged. former theater people. <laughs> <laughs> so you were both planning to go into acting, if I 
Uh, we were, yeah. We both uh, we met at Vassar College. Uh, we were both drama majors, and we were in the same student theater group. Um, this particular group, actually, everybody did everything. So we built sets, we made costumes, we did the lighting. It's kind of very collaborative theater making, if you will. Um, and yeah, we graduated, moved to New York. We're both doing that for a little bit, and neither of us wanted to continue. And so um, this book kind of came out of us wanting to continue to collaborate creatively with each other. Um, we kind of got there by a, a funny route, but uh, yeah, we went from you know building sets and rolling on the floor and silly accents to publishing a book about cocktails <laughs> that's fully illustrated. <laughs> Yeah, and and Olivia works for a publishing company, right? You're a designer. Yeah, a yeah, I work for Harper. Designer, Collins. cover designer, interior designer for Harper, which is an yes. imprint of Harper Collins. Yeah. So, uh, Olivia, Excellent. how did you yeah. get into the um the publishing world after after working in uh, well after college doing theater? Well, New York City is very expensive, turns what? out, um, and so. Yeah. <laughs> And so I realized that if I left my apartment, I would most likely be spending money. Um, so I needed some activity to take up my time. So I just started doing a lot of um, like painting and illustration work and found that I really, really loved it. Um, I also, both of my parents are artists, so it was kind of in my blood. Um, so yeah, I started on the side doing a lot of painting and illustration and graphic design work. Um, and when I finally started realizing that it, I didn't want to spend all of my time doing theater, that I wanted to kind of transition, um, book cover designs and book design seemed like a really fun way of using my love of storytelling and like creating imagery for, inspired by a text, um, in a new way. So I found book design. Fantastic. And as, as authors ourselves, Jonathan and I do appreciate book designers. As we appreciate bartenders. Yes, as and, well. and I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you guys um you know uh met at Vassar and had that sort of small liberal arts college uh background because it's the same exact thing as me. I went to Skidmore College. Um in upstate New York. There you so, go. Um, I, I know it. I know it all too well. I, I know the types, you know, the the, right. the the whole, you know, the whole vibe. So, um, Sammy, I assume when you moved to New York City uh, after college and you wanted to act, you know, maybe you auditioned a little bit, but you also kind of fell into bartending to make the money. That uh, is exactly right. How did you guess? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's the same. It's an age old exactly. story. Isn't it? Yeah. And I, I just fell in <laughs> yes. love with it. Um, I always loved cooking and bartending felt like a much easier way to make money because you didn't actually have to have a whole lot of skill or actually go to a fancy cooking school or anything. Just I went to a bartending school legitimately called 1-800-BARTEND, took a two week course and was like, someone will hire oh, me, I guess. Gosh. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's interesting going on the bartending school front, because, you know, as, as cocktail people now, we're, we're, we kind of steer people away from going to, to bartending oh, school. Completely. And, and, but you are a bartending school success story, but did you like, 
what was your experience at the bartending school? Was it like, did you learn anything? Did it help? Did it set you up for, for your career? It's <laughs> a great question. For me, um, I, at 22 years old, was just so nervous about getting things right that I felt like I needed to like actually have my hands on bottles and practice pouring things before I could go into a restaurant and tell someone to hire me. Um, that being said, I threw out everything they taught me uh, at that okay. school. Nothing, nothing really uh, is applicable except mm-hmm. for, you know, the mm-hmm. booze is the same. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And everything was just colored water. You know, you're not really able to, to actually taste exactly. the cocktails or spirits. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, my favorite part is the taste. It's the flavor pairings and the combinations of everything. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't get that at 1-800-BARTEND, sadly. This this episode is not brought to you by them, um, and we do not we do not accept any responsibility for them, and we do not endorse or. But, but don't say that we don't recommend bartending schools because there are some. They're not called bartending schools, but they're they have other yes, names. Yes, there are training, and some of them are really really fantastic. absolutely like the like bar five day, like the ones bar five that, day and bar smarts and. Um, the one well, that you and yeah. I did, Dad, years, years and years Gary, ago. Gary, Gary Regan's Regan. class, Gary cocktails Regan. in the country in in, in uh, yeah. Cornwall, New York. That's where I first uh, got my hands on bottles. Oh, with, cool. uh, with by Gary Regan's class, two two thousand or two thousand one. But um, where, uh, what was your Sammy? What was your first job in in New York City, bar, uh, bar or restaurant? Yeah, I worked at this pretty terrible diner on the Lower East Side. Um, upscale diner is what they like to call themselves. The bar was in the back. They had happy hour all day, every day at the bar, which was a terrible business model. Um, but it was great for my <laughs> broke friends to come and get $5 quesadillas the mm. size of their heads. Olivia was a oh. very, very good regular. Wow. Um, and I, I just got to like kind of screw around and, and play with some stuff because shocker, nobody really orders cocktails at diners. Uh, Crazy, I know. But that was my very first job. Uh, and so I worked there for a little bit until I couldn't take it anymore. Um, then I got hired at a midtown rooftop bar, which also shouldn't have hired me because it was definitely way fancier than I actually had experience for. Worked there for a bit, then worked What was at... that? That wasn't 235th, was it? No, it was actually called The Roof. Um, oh. <laughs> really Creative generic. Name. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. but you, you were also <laughs> at, the standard, at the standard, right? Yeah, on the High Line, the standard yeah, hotel, the standard hotel High Line. That's what it was, which yeah. was really fun. Yeah. yeah, which was very close to, close to my yeah, old. It's a, great, it's a great spot. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, it is is a lovely spot. And uh, you are or were at a place called yeah, Sweet I was. Collins. That's kind of where I uh, yeah. held fast to getting into bar managing, and I was the head bartender there for about three years. Uh, I left there last year uh, just to focus on on writing full time. But yeah, uh, Sweet Polly was, I designed menus. I made a lot of their drinks. A lot of their uh, drinks are featured in Cocktails in Color as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I love it there. It's a great place. And, and exactly how did this book come about? I, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll find out how the book came about. Hey everyone, Jonathan here. If you're into swag as much as we are, then look no further than our Cocktail Guru Shop. The items in our store have been personally chosen, handpicked with care by me, I'm Jonathan, and my team of Cocktail Gurus. A water bottle with a stainless steel straw? Yep. T-shirts? Mm-hmm. Hoodies? 
snapback hats, signed copies of Mr. Boston Bartender's Guide, cocktail box kits, bar tools, and more. You betcha. We've even managed to create a onesie for that mocktail lover in your family. So head on over to shop.cocktailguru.com and use code GURU23 for 10% off your first order. Great deal. That's shop.thecocktailguru.com, 10% off with code GURU23. Cheers. And now we're back. Olivia would paint portraits of my uh, original cocktails. So that's kind of how this medium began for us of making illustrated um, recipes and and colors and colorful drinks. Uh, and yeah, we did that for a while until we had enough of them that Olivia was like, what if we made a book? <laughs> mm, it just idea. felt like a, it felt like a really nice way for Sammy and I to continue working with each other um, after we both had left theater. And it also, with Sammy being a bartender and myself not being a bartender, but being a friend on the other side of the bar, um, it felt like we had a really approachable um you know, kind of pedestrian approach to cocktailing, which was taking into account all of the fun, creative things that you can do behind the bar. And then also, um, you know, not having any of it really be too fussy, having a lot of the, uh, the flavor combinations be very based in like a culinary understanding of flavor pairings, because, I can relate to that as um, as like a home cook and home bartender, um, and and the the paintings also just brought along that like fun, celebratory, colorful approach to cocktailing, which just isn't too buttoned up. Is mainly about gathering with loved ones um, and creating something that feels celebratory yeah. and fun. Now- now, Olivia, was that was that Jun- was that Juniper the dog uh, in the background over there? That might have that been Sherry might the have dog. Been on yeah. Sammy's end. That might be <laughs> Sherry. Sherry. The, oh, Sherry the dog. Yes, your, your dogs um, play important roles uh, throughout the book, uh, which I love. My daughter's name is Juniper. Um, oh, yep. I love that. Uh, and I, I love the book, and I love how, like you were saying, it's very approachable and it's not intimidating at all, which seems like it's the point. You know, I mean, you have so many fussy cocktails these days and especially well i like to say especially now with shows like drink masters <laughs> where people um where people are are now unfortunately potentially thinking that their drinks are gonna be like that um i love a good simple three four ingredient drink that has that wow factor uh without all the fuss um and having these illustrations alongside really brings it to life um with 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 a really nice um, personality uh, to the writing, it's also very light and funny, um, and so it's it's a really nice book for the novice. But also, my dad and I, who've been in the industry for a really long time, it's just a really fun read. No, and I've learned a lot. I mean, there there are chapters on uh, well, the bartender's index here in the back oh, yeah. um, on tools, techniques, shaking, all kinds of wonderful. And important, um, oh, ice cubes. How could we forget ice cubes? I mean, yeah, one of, my, one of my favorite pictures is, or drawings is Sammy and, or I'm sorry, Sherry and Juniper eating the ice cubes yep. as a snack. Yep. 
Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is the one part of the cocktails that they can imbibe as well. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, to, and everything about tools, it's all here for the novice as well as for an, exper- an experienced bartender could learn a lot from reading. Yeah, that was, our, well. that was our hope that, you know, I, people from all skill levels could, yeah. could get something out of it. I just wanted to mention that I see that, like the Impressionists, Olivia, uh, you prefer gouache paint. I do. As your medium, yes. Which I love is a, gouache. A combination of watercolor and acrylic, correct? Somewhere, something in between. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, um, it's like an opaque watercolor. So it's really yeah. creamy and comes yeah. in so many delicious color options. Um, and of course you can mix your own colors, but, uh, I felt like it allowed me to accurately represent just the, the like bright colorfulness of a lot of the originals and classic cocktails. And also gouache was often used in, um, like those vintage marketing posters. Um, Mm -hmm. so it felt kind of reminiscent of those beautiful, uh, you know, brand bottle posters that everyone loves. Posters, yeah, completely. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I mean the 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 pictures and the drinks have just so much life. Like you know, for instance, the picture, the drawing of the pisco sour. Um, I I love the bitters. You know, the bitters design <laughs> that you capture so perfectly on top. Um, you know, it looks like you could just take it out of the page and have a little. Like I want to have a, a a pisco sour. Um, and, (laughs) and then, and then just these, these recipes, you know, I mean, these are obviously classic recipes. It's divided into classics and originals. Um, the classics are, you know, your, your standard classics and the recipes are the ones that I, I even follow. Those are the recipes that I follow as well. Um, and then, you know, and then your, your new cocktails, um, what, you know, inspiration, Sammy, what is what is your sort of cocktail creating inspiration? Um, you know, when when you're tasked with with coming up with some brand new drink. Yeah, uh, I mean, for the structure of the book, because we go from like introducing folks to spirits and the other ingredients that you need to make cocktails through the kind of foundational classics to then originals. I wanted to hark each original back to a classic to kind of show that every cocktail is based on something else, right? Like demystifying the structure of, of cocktails. It's all pretty easy. It's like a sour or mm-hmm. it's a martini or it's an old fashioned you can kind of stem each cocktail back to its origin story, if you yeah. will. So um, when I start thinking about a cocktail, it's kind of like, okay, well, what do I want to play off of today? Am I doing a Negroni mm-hmm. riff? Am I doing a Tom Collins riff? Um, what have I been inspired by? And then coupled with that is flavor combinations. Um, so a drink in the book that I made that I love, uh, that was actually on a sweet poly menu is the gold coast. Um, it's a play on a Paloma, um, with tequila, kiwi, honey, um, strawberry. And so I just love the combination of kiwi and strawberry. It's like, that's the tropical Mm. fruit bowl of my dreams. Uh, and so... (laughs) You know, then what would play well with that? Oh, tequila loves bright tropical flavors. So pairing um, cocktail flavors as if it's cooking is kind of like the key to unlocking uh, 
creation for me, which is what I wanted to kind of explain to, to other folks as well who maybe think of it as this like kind of weird science alchemy thing. It's like, no, it's not. It's cooking, but in tiny form. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I see that one of your cocktails was inspired by a group that I particularly love from my generation, a singing group mm. called the Beatles. Now, the drink might not have been inspired by it, but the title, name of the drink certainly was. I know uh, your Abbey Road original drink is kind of a riff, a takeoff mm-hmm. on the Boulevardier. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. One of the yeah. first uh, like homemade then, ingredients I came up with was a strawberry-infused Campari. This is going to make me sound like I love strawberries, which is true. Um, I do love strawberries. <laughs> uh, but... Infusing strawberries and Campari is so easy. You just cut up strawberries, let it soak in Campari for two to three days, strain it out, and boom, you have like this strawberry orange bitter magic. Um, And huge fan of Boulevardiers. So Abbey Road, Abbey Road, Boulevard, Strawberry Fields, you know, (laughs) get get kind of witty Uh, (laughs) in our titles too. Yeah, Strawberry Fields. I I really like how, you know, in the index there are recipes for you know, maybe some a little bit more complicated uh, infusions and, you know, fat washing and tinctures um, and uh, and spirits that that some people may not be accustomed to, like Baiju, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just these 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 in- intricate little intricacies that that make this you know kind of unique. And that's exactly why the experienced bartender can gain a lot from reading this as well as the first time bartender. So it's really very, very good book. Very nice. Um, Olivia, what are you, what are you doing these days? Are you working on um, anything separate from, from working with Sammy or are you guys working on something else that you can talk about? Um, Sammy and I are working on our second cocktail book. Ah. Um, So as you both, I'm sure know, things go very slowly in publishing. Yes. (laughs) You know, you work in like very, uh, large, long scale timelines. Um, so we're working on our second cocktail book that'll be out in spring 2025, which sounds um, like a thousand yeah. years away. <laughs> yes, it does. But but you need that in the public. Yeah. Level. You need that. Um, yeah. So that, that book is focusing on women in the spirits industry Um and so we're doing a lot of interview work, talking with um, distillers, master blenders, bar mm. owners, educators, really, really exciting conversations, really excited about this project. Um, and then Sammy is creating cocktails <clears throat> in, you know, kind of storytelling form of trying to tell the story of each woman, whether it's using the uh, spirit that she works with or um, like ingredients that she really likes um and then some there's some contributed cocktails to the book as well if the person who we're talking to is just like a stellar cocktail creator um so yeah that's yeah. that's what we're, we're working on currently cool yeah i mean it sounds that sounds awesome my um one of our cocktail guru team members and she's also she also works for brands um wrote drinking like ladies uh, which is an amazing book too, uh, and was I, I'm I'm sure an inspiration for you guys um, because those are historical Certainly. figures mm-hmm. uh, and and drinks kind of paired with them. But yours is a modern take. It sounds like on on something like that. So um, that's awesome. That's really cool. 
yeah, we're excited. And there are two two bartenders who are friends of ours in Red Hook, Brooklyn, that I hope you will be speaking with if you haven't already. Yeah, oh, we would love to. <laughs> yeah, luckily we are not at a loss for awesome ladies in the spirits industry. The list is miles long. The challenge will right. be narrowing it down. Yeah. Right. And um, to kind of uh, round things out, what, what advice do you have for uh, young bartenders, artists, folks who want to, you know, write a book or have an idea? I think my main piece of advice, and this is also from a perspective of working in publishing on a, you know, different end. Um, If you're interested in making a book, just know that it is amazing, but it is so much work. (laughs) It is Um, tedious. Yes, It is tedious. And I feel so lucky that I got to work on this with Sammy, someone who I love and love collaborating with. Um, And I think we learned this in theater too. And I learned this in illustration all the time is if you really love the people that you're working with and are excited about the project, it kind of doesn't matter how long you have to labor to make it a reality. Um, But yeah, I think finding the people who have a similar kind of pedagogy and sense of collaboration to you and uh, holding on to them really hard. <laughs> that would be my advice. My advice exactly is like, find, find your tribe, find your people. Um, that goes for, for my collaboration with Olivia, you know, the most treasured that I have, but also my, my friends that I worked with behind the bar it was invaluable to have other um, palettes that I trusted other opinions other people to be like, oh, what if we did Sesame here? And, you know, you get to kind of pick the brains of people that you really love, admire, and, and trust. And that's super important. Cool. And I would not be collaborating with my father if I didn't uh, enjoy his company and uh, respect him. <laughs> oh, well, that's a first. It's, what do you mean it's a first? <laughs> You've never heard me say that. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we colla- have collaborated on a number of different projects and continue to you're do part of so. The, you're part of my tribe. Uh, I am in more ways than one. Uh, yeah. And you just revealed <laughs> to me your 23andMe results, which was very interesting, Dad. Just Speaking received them two days ago. Yes. Okay. Speaking wow. of no. guess yes. guess who has some Neanderthal? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but fortunately it's less than two percent. So Whatever that's that okay, means. right? We all have Neanderthal. I, I don't think we all do. I don't think we all way. do. I think it's just many uh, of many, many people. Okay. Do. Well, yeah. I was I was telling you that Not it makes everybody. sense for you. I don't really know if it makes much sense for me, but yes, thank you. Thank you very much for um, that backhand. Well, uh, Olivia and Sammy, this has been a really <laughs> colorful conversation. Uh, and much success, and we appreciate you coming on uh, the Cocktail Guru podcast. The book is Cocktails in Color, and it's a beautifully illustrated book, thanks to Olivia, of course, and a beautiful cocktails in here, thanks to Sammy and Olivia both. Thank you very much. Great speaking with you. And thank you so much for having us. This is a blast. Tipple Time is brought to you in part by Perfect Puree of Napa Valley. Hey, Jonathan again. Tipple Time coming at you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I just said, you know, 
I am into dessert cocktails. I don't know about you, uh, but I love a good cocktail that has body that I could have with a dessert, but that also doesn't make me too full or is too sweet or is really tastes like a dessert, if that makes any sense. I think that this next drink pairs really well with any kind of sweet dish, but it could also be drunk before dinner. It could be drunk without food. That's what I love about creating uh, dessert-style cocktails. This one in particular actually has the perfect puree of Napa Valley lime zest. Now, this is super interesting stuff because it's actually quite thick, almost like a jelly or a jam, uh, but just a little spoonful in your mixing glass or in your cocktail shaker shaken up really adds this nice fresh zest. And that's really all that's in it, ladies and gentlemen, chopped lime peels, cane sugar. Boom, done. So let's go ahead and make this shaken cocktail. So I'll start off by using a bit of perfect puree of Napa Valley lime zest. And I'm doing about a bar spoon just inside my uh, mixing glass like that. And I've got this St. Elder. Uh, they are known for their elderflower liqueur, but they make a really outstanding hazelnut liqueur. Ah, so good with coffee, spiked coffee, iced coffee, hot coffee, whatever. I'm doing uh, one ounce in my mixing glass, just like that. And my good friends over at Mozart make these delicious, oh my God, out of this world chocolate liqueurs. Uh, they've got a dark chocolate, a milk chocolate, a pumpkin spice, and this is their white chocolate. Ugh. So this is almost going to be like a lime, like a lime creamsicle type of drink. I'm putting one and a half ounces into my uh, mixing glass, just like that. All right, so this is my nice cocktail glass and we'll give it a nice little shake. Yeah, okay, I've got all the ingredients. I'm looking because my volume isn't really that high, right? You could add a little bit more, you can add more ounces to this drink if you like to kind of up the uh, volume in your glass or of the drink itself. Let's give it a shake. That's what I'm gonna do right now. Shake it awake, don't rock it to sleep. Would be just about ready. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I'm very excited for this drink. And we'll just strain it out. Look at that. Yes. Good. Could use a little bit more volume, but that's okay. That's okay, guys. It's okay. My glass is a little large. Here we go. Get all of that liquid. <laughs> that's okay. You guys can get the picture here, right? You see that beautiful color? Now, a little bit of garnish. Some freshly grated nutmeg. Oh my goodness, I am ready. Are you ready out there? Are you ready out there to sample this cocktail? Well, I'm gonna sample it for you. I'll give you some tasting notes, you ready? Mmm, ah, I'm blown away by this. That fresh lime zest works so well with the white chocolate, the hazelnut, mm-mm-mm. It's just one of those dessert cocktails that, like I was saying before, doesn't, doesn't really taste like a dessert. I'm not into those types of dessert cocktails. But this really balance is really nicely balanced and will balance out other flavors in desserts so that it will work well with your dessert or before your dessert. Well, this has been another episode of or another segment of Tipple Time on the Cocktail Guru Podcast. Cheers. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and week and continue to experiment with all of your liquid beverages. Cheers. Tipple Time is brought to you in part by Perfect Puree of Napa Valley. next cocktail guru podcast cheese and olive oil and pasta and risotto and uh, parmigiano and prosciutto tartufo i love potato yeah oh i love it wild boar and pasta yeah with with some 
white truffles. You can't put the white truffles and the board together. It's gotta be one or the other. I didn't realize how gauche I was. Hi, Americanata, Americanata. We are serving it up. It is on your plate. On the next Cocktail Guru podcast. That does it for today's show. If you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also support the show with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Just click on the donate button at the top of our website and choose your donation amount. To learn more about our guests, visit www.thecocktailgurupodcast.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. The Cocktail Guru Podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 